This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I'm Zach sitting in, and after a conversation about Christmas in our city, um, we're talking about uh, kids and leading into Christmas time. Alina Miranda joins us on the phone. Hi, Alina. Hi there. Um, you are, <laughs> you're smart, Assistant Program Head of Early Childhood Studies, University of Guelph Humber. And you're currently taking your doctorate. Is that do I understand that correctly? Yes, that's right. That's a lot of reading and writing. Good for you. Thank you. Um, so, why do you? What, what, what's your favorite thing, and, uh, and what's your focus about early childhood development? So we can understand who you are. Yeah. So um, my focus in the field of early childhood studies is really children with special needs, children who have faced trauma, children who are experiencing life-threatening disease, and also uh, the grief and the loss and how that impacts children when they lose a family member. So this time of year must be an incredibly difficult time. It is, especially for those who have lost a family member or who are ill, and the year looks a little different than it has in the past. So how does that, how does that start? I mean, I realize it's different uh, around Guelph uh, than it is here, for example, but what do you look for if you've got some, some experience in the family that includes some trauma or loss or whatever, what, what can a, a parent look for specifically with kids to identify that maybe it's time for a phone call? I think if, if their behavior changes, um, that's the first indication that maybe the child needs some extra support. Depending on the age, children will express themselves verbally. Um, if they've regressed and they're having temper tantrums or they go back to some sucking, that's when parents know that something's wrong and they need some help. So re- regression in, is important. Exactly. Uh, interesting stuff. So as we come into the time of Christmas, Elena, um, we look at a lot of things that we do for kids. We run around, we do things for kids. Um, is Christmas as it is today good or bad for kids? I guess that's... I don't know. Does it move kids forward? Yeah, I think Christmas is a wonderful... The holidays are a wonderful time for families. I think that it's important to focus on the traditions and explaining to children that the holiday season is about giving back and being able to give to others and being thankful for what we have and setting those expectations so that when it comes around time for children to open the gifts around the tree, if that's something that they do, that they're not as disappointed about what they get. So that's uh, the article that you guys have in the conversation is a great one. And that's sort of what inspires this conversation. In your article, the headline says, disappointment about gifts is good for kids who have enough. What does that mean? It's really, disappointment is good for all children. It's a natural human emotion and it's essential for children's mental health and well-being. And oftentimes around the Christmas holidays, children will experience disappointment because there's ex- there is this expectation that um, they get toys and the, you know the hottest toy of the season and there's an expectation that parents and caregivers are able to provide that for children but that's not always the case we have 
families who are living in poverty or who belong to low socioeconomic status, and they can't afford these popular toys and gadgets. And this can lead to disappointment for their children, but also for themselves, because they're hoping to make their children happy and feel loved. I think that's all parents really want for their children. But it's also difficult for those families who are more fortunate, too, because there's pressure to buy the toys because they can, they can afford to. And this isn't always beneficial for children. When we can't get what we want in life, we got to learn how to be resilient and how to bounce back from those difficulties. So it's about setting expectations for what the holiday is about and what's, and spending time with your family, your loved ones, and giving back to others. As we learn uh, maybe some different perspectives, because me as a dad, I've got two kids, and they... You know, I feel that pressure. Oh, my God, I got to get right, right? I feel like uh, it's like an episode of Modern Family where I'm trying to parent them so, you know, so so we succeed at the Christmas and being the cool dad. So I feel that, and I know that it's silly in my mind, but it does run around. I'll confess it's there. And so there's some things you guys had in this this article that I think is, is, is pretty great, so let's touch on them. So when your parents are dealing with kids, uh, focus on traditions over gifts. What does that mean? Well, tradition is really whatever you make of it. Some families go out to food banks and help sort food. Some families, you know, um, run hats and glove drives. Somebody, some families cook dinners for the Ronald McDonald House. Some families vacation. It's whatever it is that your family wants to create and do to share those memories. Because really, that is, that's what the holiday season is about. Your children will always remember the experiences they had with you as a family, those happy times. They're not going to remember the gifts from under the tree in 20, 30 years from now. Uh, it, the, one of the points where you said to help deal with disappointment and with kids, mm-hmm. um, acknowledge your child's feelings. Yes. And how do you do that? Let them know that you understand. Tell them, I know you're feeling disappointed. I understand this isn't what you wanted, and I'm here for you. We can talk about it. Uh, Share your own disappointments. How does that happen? Well, as parents and as early childhood professionals, people who, you know, spend time with children and influence them, we are role models for them. So if we can talk to them and model for them experiences that we have had that we have felt disappointed in, Um, We show them that we're able to empathize with them, and we do really understand them. So then they feel safe to talk to us about how they're feeling. And it's important that children are able to express their feelings because they will grow into adults who are better able to share their thoughts and feelings. Elena Miranda is a a development, um, well, going to be a doctorate which is great, assistant program head of early childhood studies. So also on here, be mindful and stay present in the world of cell phones and all the stuff that we have in front of us, especially considering when you get your new cell phone or <laughs> iPad at Christmas time. That can be tough, but it has a big impact, doesn't it? Oh, did I lose her? Can we try to get her backward? I think I lost her. That conversation um, comes from this headline, which I think is remarkable. Disappointment about gifts is good for kids who have enough. Disappointment about gifts is good for kids who have enough. What do you think? 974-8255-974-TALK. There's a friend of mine who teaches um, money management and teaching kids money management. And I was taught through that really great example of disappointment and to be able to share this with kids. Um, that when you go to the store with cash and your kids have cash and they say, can we buy something? Then we get it. 
right? If your kids don't have enough cash, if they if they took ten dollars and it was ten dollars and fifty cents, and they don't have enough, that one of the best things you can do for your kid is to say no. You don't have enough money today. We didn't think of the fifty cents. It's really twists me up as a parent to turn around and think that purpose, not purposefully, but allowing disappointment to exist can be healthy for your kids. Elena's back. Welcome back. Sorry about that, Elena. I don't know what happened. Oh, that's okay. Um, you had said about, we were talking about being mindful and staying present in amongst all of the, the new things that are around. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that with our kids? What are some examples that, that you see in early childhood development that work? I think, it, again, it goes back to talking to children. So instead of talking about the gifts around the tree that they're going to get and what those gifts are, it's about talking talking to them about the fun they're going to have with their friends and in, in the traditions that you've made with one another as a family. And it's also important to be present with whatever behavior it is that you're seeing because they're disappoint, feeling the disappointment. Um, to be patient, sit with them, talk to them while it's happening, tell them everything will be okay and that you're there for them. And don't label your child? Is the name calling that kind of where that one lands? Yeah, I think so... Oftentimes, you know, especially when children are having temper tantrums at an age that perhaps it's not as common, we'll say, oh, don't act like a baby, act your age, and we're belittling their feelings. But if we tell them that we understand how they're feeling and we label those feelings for them, so they may be feeling disappointed, but they don't know that, that what, that's what they're feeling. So we could say to them, I, I can see that you're disappointed, and it's okay. It's okay to di- be disappointed, but we could talk about it, and you can use your words and tell me how you're feeling. Uh, it's remarkable to think, where does b- boredom fit in? Uh, this has made me curious about boredom. I've heard read articles about uh, early childhood development and how boredom can be incredibly helpful for kids, too. And that's a strange notion as parents that we don't have to keep our, our kids busy all the time. Yeah, you know, in the in the age of technology, we're used to always doing something. We always have to be playing a game or interacting with something, and we've lost the ability to just be and just be calm and, you know, be in quiet and enjoy our own presence. So I think boredom for children is important because it teaches them patience, and we have to have patience in life as children and as we grow into adults because not everything happens quickly and sometimes the good things come when we're able to wait for them it's remarkable thanks for the article i really appreciate elena oh you're very welcome thank you for having me thank you have a wonderful day you too afternoons with rob breckenridge starting at 12 30 on news talk 770 calgary